0: sports talk daily with andrew hustler patterson and michael remus
1: hey what's going on everybody and welcome to another edition of winnipeg sports talk daily andrew patterson with you along with michael remus and we have a big show lots to get to today lots of hockey and a little bit of curling as well to get to later on in the program um tough loss for the winnipeg jets last night uh, a story we've seen, though, before with uh, sort of underwhelming performances on home ice early in the week. But that was a devastating loss, um, you know, especially considering the way that the team had, you know, garnered five of a possible six points coming out of the All-Star break, knowing what is at stake. We'll get to all of that. Mike McIntyre will join us for an extended Jets conversation a little bit later on in the program. Um, And, you know, while the Jets have struggled at times this year, one team that really hasn't has been the Winnipeg Ice. And uh, we're going to welcome in Connor McLennan to the program in a few minutes for the latest on the ice. They've had a game that's been postponed for tonight. Uh, That was part of, I think, some more rescheduling from the Western Hockey League. But it is good news. The boys are back at the ice cave and back at number one in the Canadian Hockey League rankings. Um, coming off a couple big wins on the weekend, so we'll check in with the ice and Connor McLennan, Mike McIntyre coming up, and then later on in the program, our guy Reed Carruthers for you. a special Princess Auto Curling report because of course the Princess Auto team, led by team um, led by skip Mike McEwen and Reed Carruthers, is going back to the Briar after winning the Manitoba Championship. Talk to Reed a little bit about that, uh, but we'll also get his thoughts on. Brad Gushu and Jen Jones and their chances at the Olympics. Um, We'll kind of go over that with Reed, get his thoughts on, um, you know, what both teams need to do, how they're playing and, um, you know, obviously, what's at stake for Canada going into these final games of the round robin and into the medal round? Uh, as we get going, a big thank you to the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen every day: F Apparel, Vita Health, Fresh Market, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course, our friends over at Cool Bet Canada. Uh, let's get Remus in here to get things going. Well, Remo, that was a tough one. Uh, first of all, how are you today? We're uh, getting another blast of snow. I, ho- I hope your shovel's ready.
2: Man, I'm like, glad <laughs> I brought some new ones. I've talked about my new shovels here before, but I looked outside. I'm like, still, still <laughs> happening again? I can't believe uh, all the snow that we're getting. Again, nowhere to put it. I've, I've given up. There's a big pile. But um yeah I'm feeling okay. I'm seeing a lot of depressing messages uh in chat to start the show. People's <laughs> coming in saying, "You know what? Last night was or last night was the night where I gave up on the Jets season and I mean I'm I still want I don't want to totally give up cuz I want to watch the games and be entertained, but you just when you think this team is turned a corner, you know, they play a game that we've seen before and you know, I should have known, Huss, Monday night home game, first game back from a road trip, different start time, all the, <laughs> all the things built in um, to have a not ideal game. Although last, you know, last week against Minnesota, I mean, they brought it in front of the limited crowd and look good. Maybe, you know, Wednesday with the full capacity, um, they'll wake up and bring a game. But I mean, it's, it's tough when, you know, when your top two lines aren't scoring, they haven't you know, consistently been getting scoring from the bottom two lines. Adam Lowry did his best last night, but they couldn't put one past Marc-Andre Fleury. And in the third period, DeBrincat had, had the snipe uh, past, um, you know, past Halibut there to give them the lead. So uh, that was a tough one. That was a, a tough one. I'm seeing all the comments uh, in, in chat here. Uh, hey guys. Yeah, I mean, I
1: uh, checked out the IC guys and uh, Kenny and Rennie last night afterwards. And, you know, as you would imagine, there's a lot of angst. I mean, I think the past week... Um, especially with the way the Dallas game went, not getting two points, but getting one and following that up with, you know, one of the, you know, one of the strongest performances of the season, battling back from a tough start, a two, nothing deficit to beat the Nashville predators in music city five, two, you know, there is really a hope. And, you know, I think that, you know, we've seen what this team has been capable of doing at times um, that, you know, maybe they'd really accepted where they're at and, and knew what it was going to take each and every night. The thing with those three games, Reem, and it'll be interesting to get Mike's take on this. Those were emotional, physical, divisional games where you really had to pay the price. And the Winnipeg Jets did um, and were rewarded for it. The game last night was, I mean, not quite a no-hitter, but it was so different. I mean, that did not look like a central division game at all. Certainly in comparison to Minnesota or Dallas or Nashville last week. Um, and unfortunately, it's sort of like the jets, I mean, at times, just sort of play to the style that their opponents are going to want to play. And maybe that goes back to the conversation about this team's identity. Um, I mean, the Chicago Blackhawks are not a physical team. They didn't have to be last night at all. There was a lot of time and space for teams to to skate, um to try to create. And, you know, it you know, it ended up not going the well for the uh, the Winnipeg Jets. I, I didn't think that. They were sharp enough, and the one thing that I think we're going to come back to over and over again from last night's game, and this has been a common theme, that when the Jets aren't playing their best, they some they often manage the puck like a hand grenade with a pin pulled, and um, there was some major evidence of that last night. I mean, the team just wasn't skating the way that they can at times. I mean, the breakouts at times were difficult, um, and. You know, some incredibly poor decisions with the puck ended up coming back to bite them. And I mean, we'll talk a lot about the younger players. I mean, I thought that the first goal, you know, Cole Perfetti, you know, wasn't able to get it in deep, gets it to Patrick Kane. It comes right back and they score that goal. That almost started um, and we'll get to Billy Hanel and we'll get to Logan Stanley a little bit later on as to how they played. But I mean, that was an extended shift in their own end. And uh, I don't really had some, you know, some nice breakouts and did make some nice passes. That shift in particular was a rough one for him. Um, there was a few opportunities to finally get it out. A couple scoring chances that didn't go in the net. Finally was able to get it to Cole Perfetti. He'd been on in, on for a long time, was trying to get off, um, and ended up just not having the, uh, the, the the juice to make the play to safely get that puck deep. And allow a change. And it ended up in the back of the net. And the winning goal, which was just an absolute killer being in the building last night. I mean, the Jets got basically a lucky goal. I mean, they certainly had their chances. mark Andre Fleury was great. Um, but, you know, it was sort of a bizarre goal that everyone lost track of. It came down in the vicinity of the net, and Mark Scheifele bashed it in for his goal, a goal in his fourth straight game. Um, but, I mean, the play that Andrew Kopp made, I mean, speaking of puck management, was. I mean, inexcusable is all I can tell you. I mean, that's not, that's a play that, you know, maybe one of your fourth liners that doesn't play very much or a young player that, you know, is, you know, maybe got the, the, the wide eyes of, you know, an early NHL career. That's not what you expect from Andrew Kopp. And um, it ended up killing them last night. I mean, they just weren't able to make up for their own mistakes in the Chicago end. Mark andre Fleury was the best goaltender on the ice. And um, that's another one of those regulation losses, dude. That you know, when we are when we're doing an autopsy on this season, if the team can't get back into it, um, this is just another one of those early midweek dud games on home ice that has um, that has been you know the Achilles' heel, frankly, for the Winnipeg Jets this season, and a huge reason why they're barely over five hundred as opposed to not at least you know six, seven games above it, like teams like the Edmonton Oilers.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, home ice, a team below you in the standings, fighting for a playoffs. you got to find a way to put the puck in the net. It's funny, I look at the expected goals, Huss. Uh, the Jets actually had more uh, than Chicago, in, which I think speaks to Marc-Andre Fleury's play, but all the talk has been how, I guess, the word I'm seeing in the chat is uh, lifeless. Uh, they looked, But yeah, a couple of mistakes go in the back of the Jets then, and I think as we go on, we're going to, Keep talking more. I know we we're talking about Shifley last week, but I think the depth scoring major issue. You're not getting the contributions from the bottom, from the bottom guys. And look, Connor Hellbuck, Yeah, he wasn't the um, better goalie last night, but the team only scored uh, one goal uh, for him. Uh, as you know, maybe you'd like to see the first one not go through the five hole there on you know a shot from a bit distance from Kane. I thought the second one was an absolute snipe from a from an all star player. But if you're only scoring one one goal, you know, how much uh, do you need from your goalie here? I mean, and it seems like the Jets are built to need, you know, Vesna Caliber plus goaltending consistently. And if they're not getting that, they're not going to have success. And again, you look at the the teams below them in the standings that they've lost to. You know, San Jose, uh, what Vancouver, uh, Arizona, Chicago. Uh, Buffalo, Philadelphia, like Philadelphia is last in the league. Uh, and so you just go through all the teams below them and there's not many. They've lost uh, to most of them. So um, yeah, that, I think that's why Huss, said, you know, just when you think and it's been this year, just when you think the Jets have found their game and they play well, you know, they have an effort like the one last night or the one in uh, Philadelphia or the one against Buffalo. And it's just over and over again, you feel like you're watching the same thing.
1: You know what? You know, and listen, people. And I'm not calling you out on this, but I mean, you Mm -hmm. hear this all the time, and people casually throw out the word "their effort." Last night, I mean, Mm -hmm. I didn't think that they, you know, didn't bring it. I didn't think that they weren't trying. Just some nights you have it, and some nights you don't. Yeah. And they certainly didn't have. I mean, to be perfectly honest, that their performance last night reminded me getting up yesterday morning after Super Bowl Sunday, after having too much fun, after maybe making some poor decisions and not having a lot in the tank. Now I'm not suggesting that they had a raging Super Bowl party. I'm sure everyone did what they did. And listen, they'd had a great weekend. They played two hockey games. They needed some time to get off, uh, but they weren't able to get back to that level that they played. Certainly um, in flipping that game in Nashville on its head after being down to nothing and winning. Um, but I mean, it's all about the results right now for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, you know, there's no, uh, you know, there's no moral victories. Not that last night was one by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and you know what, if it had gone the other way and you know, they'd managed to get another fluky goal and won the game, we would have been, hey, well, they did what they had to do and they, they got through. That wasn't the case last night. And um, you know, there's no time for excuses. Uh, there's no time to lament about how much hockey that this team is going to have to be playing. Dave Lowry said it. They need to find a way to summon up the energy to go out there and uh, compete at their best and you know on that monday night on valentine's day it, it just wasn't the case and I, I saw a bunch of comments about you know no heart uh, you know i know all the valentine's puns uh you know it, to me it wasn't that it was um it was just a team that kind of you know fell back to some ways of having a real difficult time to summon the energy and i think a lot of their energy from those last couple of games had come from the physical nature of the teams that they were going up against and chicago didn't bring that I think the Jets sort of liked the fact that they had some more space and they could spend some more time with the puck and try and create some beautiful goals. Well, the minute a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury starts making some saves, you know, you maybe have to, you know, change up the game plan a little bit. And, you know, to the Jets' credit, at times they did. I mean, in the third period, there was a lot of traffic in and around Marc-Andre Fleury, but it just wasn't crisp enough offensively. But what really killed them, Reem, was, you know, some poor decision-making and bad puck management that allowed Chicago opportunities to put the puck on the net. And I'll just say this about Connor Hellebuck. Um, You know, that game could have been a lot worse. There was some real good fortune around the Winnipeg Jet net. I mean, Kane hit the inside of the crossbar. There was a number of times where the puck got behind him and dribbled through. It was was just a game where he didn't seem to be on like normal. but still, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you give up two goals, you're giving your team a chance to win. Um, this was a game that Marc-Andre Fleury was clearly the best goaltender on the ice last night. And, uh, you know, credit to the Chicago Blackhawks for sort of stepping up and, you know, not, not going away, especially when the Jets scored that goal in the third period. I mean, overall, I thought the Jets probably had better scoring chances and opportunities. But I'll tell you what, if you're making mistakes and giving the likes of Patrick Kane and Alex to bring cat opportunities, they're going to make the most of them. And they did that last night. And unfortunately for the Winnipeg Jets, their top players, when they did have their chances, weren't able to uh, to capitalize.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. And sometimes it's just about the results, especially when you're fighting for a playoff spot. And, you know, they did have a lot of great A's and uh, did did stop them and I mean what what can you do? Your goalie I feel like your goalie's going out and doing his job. I mean, he allowed two goals last night, two goals against the Flyers. You should be able to score, you know, outscore the Blackhawks and the Flyers and this is just in their last five games and um they weren't they weren't able to and uh, here we are again talking about I feel like we're talking about the same same things and as far as the schedule goes ahead, I mean, you got the easy game thursday in huh. s- seemingly there's against... no
1: easy games i think you just <laughs> laid it out dude in the last two yeah. weeks they've lost to the flyers i believe that's the flyers only regulation win in 2022 at this point they had just broken a 14 game losing streak with an ot win over the kings before they played the winnipeg jets in that game and i don't think they've won since then um and you know chicago is you know at the bottom of this division uh, along with well i had an arizona of course but um, you know, it was a huge opportunity for the Jets. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, when you look at the games and you were saying, okay, where, where, where's the one that, you know, you can really maybe count on a victory? Last night would have been it. Sure as hell not Saturday in Nashville. Um, but, it, but it speaks to the fact that we sort of broke this down. Uh five-game segments, you got to win three of them and preferably if you're going to lose two of those games, at least grab a point in another one. Um, they can do that in this first five-game segment but that's going to mean beating the Minnesota Wild at home tomorrow and I saw Jordan Greenway after their big win last night uh boldy with the hat trick the rookie what a great start he's having um he said that you know Winnipeg better be ready on Wednesday night because we're going to be bringing it and to be honest, Remo, I'm pumped that they're saying that right now because um, the Jets do need to be ready and they need to be prepared for what the Minnesota Wilds are going to bring. Um, and, you know, to their credit in that game, you know, last week, as well as the, you know, the game, certainly in Nashville, I thought we did see what the Jets can do when really cha- being challenged that way. So let's hope it brings out the best of them because um, you lose that game, you lose the game against the, the, the Kraken, Edmonton's now won two in a row after changing their coach. That's going to be a tough game. Um, you just cannot let these points slip away. And yes, this is the first regulation loss post All Star break, and those are the ones that really kill you. Um, you got to keep those off the docket. And um, tell you what, this is going to be a wild game. Excuse the pun tomorrow when Minnesota comes to town, finally in a more full building than we've seen for the last two months.
2: Yeah, it's going to be uh, what a great scene against Minnesota. I believe Marcus Foligno off his uh, suspension two games for the knee job on a downed adam lowry and you look at the jet schedule you got wednesday minnesota you know thursday back to back against seattle saturday edmonton next monday afternoon in calgary then in dallas colorado so i mean five of the six next games against real tough opponents including some of the top ones in the league so I'm curious how it's going to be against Minnesota. And I kind of agree with you. It seems like when a team comes out and, you know, hits the Jets, they'll hit back. But if it's a game against Chicago where there's not much hitting, you know, they'll kind of relax, play this uh, finesse game that we've seen over the years that, you know, leads sometimes leads to mistakes yeah. and leads to, you know, trying to look for that uh, pretty passing play to put in the back. Of the net. That's not always there.
1: Yeah, I mean, feel free to disagree in the chat, but I mean, when I look at this team, they don't dictate anything. They go into games knowing that, hey, we're going to try and score some goals and, you know, we'd like to win the game and this is, you know, sort of our plan. We're going to skate. These are our systems. But when it comes to that level of battle, um, you know, sometimes sort of they need to be punched in the face to get into the fight, if you know what I'm saying. They're not the ones punching first. And um, there wasn't really much of that at all last night. Um, You know, it contributed to a... I mean, a really quiet atmosphere in the building. And, you know, I know it was Valentine's Day. It was an 8 o'clock game. Still wondering why that game was at 8. I guess it obviously has something to do with television. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was, it was easy. It was easy for the Hawks to just sort of hang in this game, playing a style that they liked, hang around, lean on their goalie a little bit, and take advantage of a couple Jets' mistakes and end up running away with two points in the standings.
2: Yeah, all the games were on at eight. I'm assuming it's because the Leafs game was on. They were in Seattle, and they wanted to have all the hometown hockey games at the same time. So, you know, we get the uh, eight o'clock start. It was also, I guess, it was nice if you had Valentine's Day plans. You could be casual. You know, take your time, go for dinner. Not opposed to uh, eight p.m. starts, but I'm assuming it has to do because the Leafs were playing in. In Seattle, at uh, the same it could, time, it,
1: could, it would de- it would definitely be something to do with hometown hockey. I don't think there's any doubt mm. about that.
2: Um, although I got to give a shout out, I really enjoyed Kenny and Rennie on the intermission. You were in the building; you I was didn't at the see it. You but were at the game, so
1: I was spa- I was spared that. It, well, was know, it you... was it actually good? You're telling yeah. me? Th- no, I'm
2: kidding, I, I'm kidding. I was like, I, I know these guys from YouTube. I will say, I watch. I watch uh, the Sportsnet game sometimes, and we all know they have the intermission on. And if it's at the same time as a Leafs game, they're not talking about the Jets game. They just play the same intermission on every on every game. And it's always, you know, Leafs, and you don't hear anything about the Jets. So it was, that was nice of them to throw us a bone and put on Kenny and Reddy actually talking about the Jets game and intermission.
1: Well, you know what? That Okay, that's a huge... Uh, I, 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 Big boost to the broadcast because often when the yes. Jets are on Sportsnet, they are an absolute afterthought. Yes, so getting those guys on in the intermission to actually talk about what's happening in the game is nice. I mean, I certainly do think TSN being sort of the the home broadcaster for the Jets does a better job. But I think we've talked about this, and you brought it up beforehand. I mean, Dennis is amazing. I mean, the call the calls are are, are great, but they've sort of scrimped out over the years um you know we've seen that the broadcast get a little bit shorter we do actually have a pre-game show right now but often you'll find that the um that the intermission is like i don't know like some feature on a moose player or something that's happened in the community lately and we're like what about that power play what about that penalty people kind of want that sort of reaction to what has actually just happened and uh uh, great to hear that uh, the K and R boys yep. got the call from
2: uh, the big network. I want, yeah, I wanted to bring that up because I did enjoy that. I, w- I was fully expecting, like you know, the desk and I can go in. I'm not really going to go into, uh, you know, some likes and dislikes from from the broadcast. I like everyone involved, but I just want to give those guys, uh, those guys, a shout out.
1: Bravo, Bry says Kenny Weeb was a superstar on TV last yeah. night. He had a super nice suit on too. I can tell you it's a nice little plug for our guys over at f apparel because uh they certainly have been outfitting ken for a while and uh he did look good and the guys had a good show last night after the game as well um all right we are going to take a quick step away from the jets for a few minutes to talk about the winnipeg ice and this season and uh, really looking forward to having Connor McLennan. on we had him on at the early uh early part of the season he was a big hit so uh, looking forward to having him back. Before we do that, uh, I just mentioned Ken looking like a million U.S. tax-free on Sportsnet last night. And, of course, that is because he is outfitted by our friends over at F Apparel, making custom suits for men, a full line of custom clothing for any occasion. Suits, dress shirts, winter jackets, casual chinos, golf pants, untucked dress shirts, shoes, ties, accessories, and more. Listen, every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. Maybe a few more if you're a roller like Ken Weeb. Uh, and F's custom-made suits start at just four hundred a they are the top choice in Winnipeg for wedding and grad suits. Uh, if you have a big event and you come up and you need to look great, F is there for you. And wedding parties get fifteen bucks off, fifteen uh, percent off. Excuse me, when the group buys their suits. So uh, pop down and see them at one ninety Smith Street downtown, or uh, find out online or make an appointment at F. That's E P H Apparel uh, dot com. It is Heart Month. And um you should be stocking up on your heart healthy supplements and foods all in one stop over at Vita Health Fresh Market. Great prices on Winnipeg's best selection of natural and organic supplements, beauty products and groceries, not to mention delicious lunch options like Vita Market salads, soups, sandwiches and more. And if you can't make it to the store, visit their website to shop online or schedule a delivery with Instacart. Vita Health Fresh Market, seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. And of course, uh, you got to stay hydrated. Um, you know, Even if you're just planning on losing a few pounds, drinking lots of water, probably the number one thing that you want to do. Um, but it all starts with uh, a great water service, and that, of course, is Culligan Water for over 65 years. Family owned here in Southern Manitoba. They have been doing it all for our community with water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, citywide delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Talk to the experts at Culligan. Give Keenan and the gang a call. They're at 1200 Sargent. Hit them up at 694-5180 or online at Drink. All right, we'll get back to the Jets. Mike McIntyre is going to join us in a few minutes, but uh, let's talk ice right now. And welcome back, Connor McLennan, to the program for uh, round two here on winnipegsports.com. Connor, great to have you back on the show. What's going on? Not a whole bunch. Thanks
3: for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: Well, hey, you know what? You were a big hit the first time. And I'll tell you what, we probably should have kept this doing because uh, it was some good karma for the season. What a great year you and your teammates have had on the ice. And uh, I know it has been uh, start and stop like many other things over the last little while for the last couple of months. But uh, overall, I mean, congratulations on an amazing season. Uh, What's it like being the team that everyone in Canadian junior hockey is gunning for?
3: Yeah, I know it's been fun um it's uh been a little bit slow lately we've uh been fortunate to get back playing here l- last little bit but um excited to get back on the road with the guys and um it's obviously been a fun little stretch we've been on here this year and um got to continue that on now
1: Let, let's talk about the uh, the season so far because uh, i mean when we spoke i mean i think everyone knew that the expectations for the ice were heightened. I mean, you know, you had, you know, a number of players that, you know, were draft eligible. You had some guys like yourself that had already been drafted. And, you know, you'd just come back from an NHL camp looking forward to kind of building on that. But, I mean, when you started, when you guys dropped the puck in game one of the season, were you thinking being the best team in the Western Hockey League, being the number one team in Canadian hockey? Or is that just sort of something that you guys have realized, holy smokes, this is a pretty good squad and now everyone else is taking notice?
3: um yeah for sure I think um we knew we had a good team um I think it would be uh would be a lie if we said we knew we were going to be the best but um I think just going out there and playing I think we've kind of earned it and um I think it goes a long way to the coaching staff and the management who put the team together it's uh it's been a lot of fun um we obviously obviously got a great group of guys and um we're gonna continue this down the stretch and hope for a good playoff run now
1: now, have you noticed uh, maybe a difference in the way teams are bringing it for you guys now when you, especially on the road, when you go into rinks and people know, hey, this is the team that everyone's gunning for? I mean, has that changed maybe from the first month of the season when everyone's sort of just, you know, getting together as a club and trying to, you know, get off to a good start?
3: Um, definitely. I think um, teams definitely uh, definitely want to take us down. Um Obviously, it'd be a good praise for them to them to beat us. So um, we're gonna have some good battles here down the stretch. We got a lot of games coming up, and um, I think we're just worried about ourselves and, and what we can control, what we can control, and um, kind of let the rest uh, rest dictate by our play. But um, no, it's been a lot of fun, and um, I'm just really excited to get back playing um, on a daily basis.
1: You know, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, check the games and we've been out to the ice cave. We saw those games against Edmonton, which were awesome. I mean, I have a feeling that might be a playoff series down the road. Um, But what would you say? We knew that there was a lot of talent on this team, but there's a lot of talent on a lot of teams in the league. Why have you guys been so successful? And uh, what has been the key um, that, you know, James Patrick and the coaching staff has sort of driven into you guys uh, on a night in, night out basis to, uh, to get the results that you've had so far?
3: Yeah, I think just the the buy-in of our group, um, everyone kind of playing their role and and knowing what they can bring to the team, and um, kind of just the uh, the contribution we've got from everyone on the team. Um, from starting with the goalies, um, Daniel and Gage have been great, and um, obviously the back end with um, Carson Z, they've they've uh, they've been really good back there, and Orzy and Brownie now. So um, we got nine, we got a really good uh, really good forward group, and. Um, I think it just goes to show the the job everyone's done to get us in the right spot. Now it's about us uh, going out there and winning and um, putting our best foot forward the rest of the year.
1: Um, you know, when we last spoke, you had just come back from uh, your first NHL training camp, and uh, you know you talked about what a great experience that was and some of the things that you were trying to work on. I mean, how, now that you're a few months into the season and having the season that you uh, you know are are currently in the middle of, which has been phenomenal. How much did that experience help you?
3: Definitely, I think um, coming back with some confidence and and uh, them letting me know what uh, what they want me to work on and um, to continue and uh, and grow my game, I think was a was a huge start to my season and kind of getting getting off on the right foot, just uh, knowing where my game was at and um, playing with lots of confidence is a key part to my game and um, it's obviously been a great start and. Um, I don't want to stop now. There's obviously a lot to play for here personally and for the team. So um, no, I'm really looking forward to uh, the home stretch here. And um, we had a lot of hockey left and I think everyone's, uh, everyone's really ready for it.
1: Uh, you got a couple teammates that are uh, poised to be uh, potentially, you know, top 10 picks, five picks. I mean, we'll see what happens in the draft, but um you know, having gone through the draft before, having been at NHL training camp and being one of the more veteran leaders on still a relatively young team, how... uh how are you helping those guys through the, uh, the ups and downs of, of what's got to be stressful for young players in that draft year, knowing how important every game is and, and how many eyes are on you, especially I mean anyone looking at the scout row at the ice cave lately knows that uh, there is uh, quite a bit of attention from National Hockey League scouts at what's happening with your club, especially your two teammates.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it goes to, goes to show the character of those two guys. Um, having to deal with that every night and still uh, still being some of the best players in the ice each game. I've obviously had the privilege to play with Savoy um, all year. We've uh, obviously had some good success early on and um, we're obviously looking to build on that, but um, I don't know how much support I'm giving them. By no means was I, uh, I a top 10 prospect, but um, I guess going through it, it was uh, kind of the same thing, just kind of being someone they can talk to and um kind of just supporting them in, in any aspect has kind of been uh, where I'm standing.
1: Well, you mentioned your linemate Savoy. I mean, you guys are at one point away. You played one last game. Uh, he's got 58. You've got 57. Uh, by the way, congrats on being the first star in that last game. Um, you guys have a little bit of internal competition between the two, or uh, uh, you just try and score a lot, and hopefully that you're both in on the other guy's goals?
3: I think that's kind of our mindset. I think if uh, if we're scoring and playing the right way and um, putting up points, is kind of what we do. And um, usually it's him finding me and um, I can find him the odd time. But um, it's uh, no, it's been fun. I, I would say there's not a whole bunch of internal competition because we're such good friends. Uh, maybe at the end of the year, maybe I'll uh, one of us will get a little jab at each other for whoever wins. But um, I think we both just want to be in on the action and, uh, and helping out our team.
1: Well, you guys have both been on a lot of action. Of course, you're leading the team with 33 goals so far. I imagine he's probably got a, got an apple on quite a few of those. I mean, uh, why, why is the, why is the combination been so successful between the two of you?
3: I think it just starts with uh, our friendship off the ice. Um, we're obviously really close friends. And um, I think that's a huge part to, to our, huge part to our chemistry and, um it obviously goes to show on the ice. We've uh, we've been line mates all year. I think every game we've uh, we've played on a line together. So um yeah, he's definitely been on, been in on a lot of my goals and I owe him some kudos for uh for some of those sick dishes, but um no, it's been a lot of fun. Now,
1: uh, this, you know, we sort of mentioned this has been a weird year and um, you know, hockey fans here couldn't see the Jets, couldn't see the Moose, couldn't see the ice beyond the uh, the numbers and a whole bunch of those games were postponed. What was that like for you um, and your teammates? I mean, you're basically here. You're so focused in on hockey. It's a job, really, in a lot of ways for you. And all of a sudden, that's not happening at the same time when games throughout the league are continuing on. What was that like for you personally, and how did you handle it?
3: Um, I think it's definitely a little frustrating. Um, You want to go out and play and, and be at your best and be out there with your teammates and um winning hockey games I think that's what everyone wants to do and that's uh kind of the mindset of our group is just wanting to get better and when you can't do that it's obviously a little frustrating but um you know we're uh, we're gonna be a busy team here down the stretch we're just uh all very fortunate we we're able to play this year and um we're just gonna really enjoy it here uh here coming down the stretch well, listen, dude, like, what did you do?
1: I mean, you're like, you're not used to having weekends off in the middle of the season. I mean, you and all your team, you know, you're supposed to, you're getting ready for big games. Ah, now, actually, you're off for a week. I mean, uh, you guys get together Did you do some fun team stuff that you might not have had the opportunity to do. I mean, uh, was there any benefits to the time off for you?
3: I think, I think a little bit. You obviously, uh, you get to spend some time with your teammates and um, you had to go mini golfing, you had to go to the golf sim and and all the little things you don't get to do, um, on weekends when, uh, when we're on the road or whatever. But, um, I think we all would have wanted to be playing. Um, that's why we're here. That's what, uh, that's what we do. So, um, no, it was fun to do some different stuff, but I think we're all happy to be back playing now.
1: Well, as we mentioned, you're having a monster season. We had your coach on James Patrick on, uh, well, maybe a couple of weeks ago talking about, you know, the current situation, how he was handling it, the challenges that he was having. And, uh, I mean, obviously we've known James. I mean, people who followed hockey, know the great NHL career that he had. And, um, but I'm interested in your perspective. I mean, having such a great year, obviously it has a lot to do with your teammates, but, uh, what's James like as a coach and how much has he helped you, uh, as you try to make that next step from being a star in the Western hockey league to uh, a pro career?
3: Yeah, no, Jeep's been great. Um, we, uh, we have a really good friendship now, um, off the ice too. We, uh, we talk and, Um, I owe him a lot of credit from where I was at 15 coming in as a, as a young buck and to where I'm at now here four or five years later. So um, I can't say enough good things about him. Um, He's been great for me. He's been great for our team. He's uh, kind of built it from scratch. He was, uh, he was there when the, when we were, when the group was at its worst and um, he's kind of built it back up. And um, I think we all really respect him and, uh, and what he brings. And obviously greeners, uh, greeners awesome too. And, Um, No, I can't say enough good things about those two guys.
1: Well, I wanted to ask you about Greener. Of course, you're speaking to Josh Green, who's a great friend of ours. He used to do some broadcasting work with us on Jets games back in our old home. I mean, uh, what's he brought to the club? I mean, he's a guy that had a great pro career as well. Um, has certainly been through everything that you've been through before. Played professionally and uh, and anyone that knows. I mean, he was just a, such a fantastic guy. Um, uh, how much fun's it been to have Josh around and uh, and what's the differences? I mean, what are the things that the head coach does, and what would a guy like Josh maybe work on separately? than james patrick
3: i think maybe just the skill work is uh kind of what greener brings to the table working after practice with guys whether it's face-offs or for me uh working on my one timer and stuff like that so um no greener's been great he's someone you can always talk to um today we had a good chat on the ice after practice just the little things um whether it's on the ice off the ice he's uh always someone you can talk to and um no he's been awesome
1: now a uh, big road trip coming up. I mean, you guys were supposed to have this home game tonight. And I assume that that schedule's changed just with a whole bunch of games being redone. It'll be made up at some point, but uh, you know, just looking ahead the Calgary on Friday, red deer on Saturday, then into Edmonton, which I'm sure you guys have that one circled on the calendar. You know what a huge game that is against the oil Kings for the squad that they are. Uh, and then continuing through Alberta, a uh, big, big trip for the club. And, I imagine for you being an Alberta kid as well, a great opportunity to come back, uh, get a lot of friends and family popping out to some of those games and you do the Alberta run.
3: Definitely. I think uh, I always circle on my calendar. I'm pumped to head back home and um, enjoy my time there. And um, obviously don't get to go home, but see all my friends, all my family, uh, maybe grab a bite to with my old man. If, uh, if that's possible. And, um, no, we're just uh, really excited to get back on the road and um, get back, back playing regularly. And um, obviously some big games there. Uh, Red Deer's a good team and um, Edmonton's obviously a good team, but um, I think everyone's got us circled in their calendar too. So um, it's going to be a tough trip, and um, but we're really looking forward to it. Well, there's no, uh, there's
1: no doubt about that. The teams are circling when the Winnipeg Ice are coming to town. Connor McLennan of the Ice, 33 goals, one point off the team scoring lead is our guest. Ice remain the number one team in the CHL and looking forward to a big, big run. Uh, they'll be back at the Ice Cave at the beginning of March. And uh, then a big, big stretch of home games uh, mid-March. So make sure to get out and uh, and see and see the team. You mentioned, I mean, you kind of came in and got your first taste of the Western Hockey League as a fifteen year old um, the team wasn't very good, let's just say when you started off. I mean, there was there are there are stages and you're at one end of the spectrum and sort of started at the other. Ever think back to you know how far this group has grown um and what a big part you've been in for it? I mean, imagine it almost makes it more special to have the season that you're having individually, and your team is when uh, when you consider where you and the organization was three years ago.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think, um, lots of learning happened back then. And, um, I think, uh, obviously you don't like losing, but it might've been good for me to kind of get a taste of, um, what you don't want to happen, I guess. Um, obviously no one to lose and you always want to be on the winning side of things, but, um, you learn a lot. I learned a lot about my game and, and what I need to work on. And I think it's obviously translated, um, the last couple of years I've, uh, I've been really happy with my game and obviously there's still lots of steps to grow and in terms of getting bigger and stronger as a smaller guy, but um, no, it's definitely been rewarding to have a, have a winning season this year and obviously be the team that we are. But um, I think uh, we still got a lot of work to do and um, we're not going to be satisfied.
1: Connor, this has been awesome to have you on the program. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, you know, you guys uh, have a great road trip and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys back at the Ice Cave. You can continue pushing towards the playoffs and I'll tell you what, those playoffs game are going to be uh, going to be pretty uh, pretty exciting and uh, hopefully we'll get a packed house for you guys and uh, plenty of playoff series for our fans in Winnipeg to watch what you guys are doing coming up into the spring.
3: Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, Good
1: stuff. There he is. Connor McLennan. You can follow him on Twitter at McLennan 94. And if you haven't already, I know Pistol Pete in the chat agrees. He's always telling people to get out to see the ice, get on out to the ice cave. Um, Although they will be going on an extended road trip, but back in early in March and uh, a bunch of home games throughout the month of March. Uh, All right. Uh, We've got some bomber news coming up, which we'll get to in just a minute. Uh, Manitoba battery, great sponsors of Winnipeg sports talk been with us. Uh, for a long time. And, you know, like in the summer, Manitoba Battery, all about, you know, boats and carts and, you know, a lot of the fun stuff. Right now, it's all about your car. And Manitoba Battery remains the premier stop for all your battery needs in the city and province. Most automotive batteries are priced for less than 100 bucks with Core Exchange, or they'll deliver it to your door anywhere in winnipeg for 115 bucks on the same day you order it as long as you let them know by 1 30 p.m and for all you guys hitting the lake doing some ice fishing this winter manitoba battery has all the flasher batteries you need to keep you catching fish for the rest of the season Whatever you need. Paul Edmonds, I know, always going down to see Donnie for a lot of ice fishing, but boat batteries and whatnot. Uh, if you need a battery, start off with Donnie and the Gang. down Manitoba Battery, 1026 Logan, 783 Or, as you can see, Remus has got up on the screen. You can check him out online at manitobabattery.ca. Well, Royal Sports... Awaiting all the Super Bowl championship merchandise in after the Rams got it done in the big game at home on Sunday. Uh, Usually a couple days after the big game, Royal gets their lot. We'll let you know officially when they're in. But if you are a Rams fan and you're waiting for championship merchandise, Royal will be the place to go very shortly. And speaking of championship merchandise... Uh, Some great new exclusive to Royal Winnipeg Blue Bomber new era hats are in four different kinds of back-to-back champions in that beautiful Royal blue dad hat style. You're going to want to go and check that out while you're there. Thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise, jerseys, and so much more, and so many exclusives to Royal as well, not to mention their massive hockey department, the go-to guys for snowboarding here in the city, fitness section, shoes. And so much more. And don't forget to check out all the cool stuff over on the Kings Skate, Snow, and Surf side. Royal Sports, seven fifty Pembina Highway, and make sure to follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pembina for the latest merchandise drops and deals. Um, and our friends at Royal at Not Auto Corp are ready for twenty twenty two. I can tell you personally, dealing with some of these roads lately, you sort of realize that man, it might be a nice time to upgrade the ride. And if you're thinking about doing that, before you do anything, talk to the experts over at Not Auto Corp at Waverley and McGillivray. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the knot team? So many incredible vehicles on the lot, and if you're looking for a specific make and model, talk to the Not guys. They'll source it out for you, get it here to Winnipeg and into your hands for the best possible price. Not Auto Corp, Waverley and McGilvery, and online at ca. All right, let's get Michael Remus in here, because uh, Remo, I uh, know we're going to get back to the Jets in a few minutes, but uh, while we were talking a little ice with Connor McLennan, some bomber-breaking news.
2: Yeah, we've been hearing in chat for weeks, well, who's the Bombers' quarterback, backup quarterback? It's been Drew Brown, but John Hodge at Three Down Nation reporting just 10 minutes ago, They've agreed to terms with veteran CFL quarterback Dakota Prukop. Uh, it was released by the Elks on Monday and he's played, what, 49 career CFL games. He's been with the Argos, Stamps, and Elks. He's got four touchdowns and he's thrown for uh, 467 yards. So uh, that's, uh seems like they're set at quarterback. They got three guys. I wonder if he's going to be the new Sean McGuire. We <laughs> That's want to know the first
1: thing I thought too, I was like, is, is this
2: guy going to be vulturing all of Brady Oliveira hmm. and Johnny
1: Augustine's rushing touchdowns this year?
2: Yeah. He's got uh, 38 rushes in his career for 173 yards. It sounds like a pretty good uh, average yards per carry Two career touchdowns. If he is in the Sean McGuire role, I'm assuming that uh, that two career, he may double that at least uh, heading. <laughs> After this season, so he started one game in 2019 uh, with the Argos. Uh, four of nine, 418 yards, and he, and he rushed a couple times, well for 14 yards. Yeah, um, Montana
1: so, State and Oregon was the uh, was his college background. He went undrafted in 2017 and uh, joined the Argos right out of college. Um, and just looking at this, he played nine games as a third string quarterback, but you know also played some special teams, <laughs> recording some tackles, which is interesting. Um, and he was a member. Well, he didn't dress in the playoffs. He was a member of the Grey Cup championship team in 2017. Um, but, you know, he did battle his way into some playing time. I mean, there was a very busy quarterback group that year. I mean, James Franklin was there. And uh, he uh, ended up getting in and relief of McLeod Bethel Thompson in 2019 as well. Um, you know, did not play after signing with the Calgary Stampeders but re-signed in 2021, was released near the end of training camp, and then signed on with the Edmonton Elks, um, and did get a chance to play in, what, eight regular season games, you know, only threw 26 passes last year, but a little bit more experience, Reem, um, but I don't think anyone was expecting, uh, you know, any sort of uh, guy to come in and push Zach Caleros. I mean, this is uh, insurance. This is a guy that they think has some potential. And I think we all know that the Bombers will go as their starting quarterback does. But you got to
2: have a guy behind them, and uh, they've now got Prokop to go along with Drew Brown. Yeah, the Bombers putting out the uh, the tweet now. So John Hodge with the report, and the Bombers now making it official One forty four p.m. they got their nice graphic here. And, I mean, we'll see. And I know I, I have seen messages in chat like, oh, the Bombers need a backup QB. What if Zach gets hurt? I mean, what team? I mean, who's... Was Tom Brady's backup or Peyton Manning's backup. Manning's, I mean, Manning's backup was Jim Sorgi most Sor- of the time. Jim and so- I always
1: thought that was the greatest job in all of
2: sports. Yeah. So I Manning mean this would
1: is, never take a playoff.
2: Yeah. This is Zach Claris's team. If something horrible happened, um, you know, they did go out and make made the trade for Zach a couple of years ago and they maybe go with a more permanent solution. But uh sure, backup quarterback. I mean, I, if he again, if he is used like uh, Sean McGuire, he's going to get most of the work uh, rushing it in from the one. So, sure, they sign the guy, um, him and Drew Brown. They're going with behind Zach. Uh,
1: we're going to get back to the Jets in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Mike McIntyre is going to join us in about five or
2: so. Uh, sorry, what were you saying? There, there has been some CFL free agent news, and I've been laughing at Edmonton, uh, who's been bringing back all oh. these dudes. Um, who haven't played for a couple of years. Well, they signed another guy yesterday, Deron Carter, who I completely forgot about. I mean, he was one of the top receivers in the league. Then he became a DB. Then I don't know what happened, but yeah. He signed with the Elks yesterday. Chris Jones, that's his guy. Yeah. And Jones was the guy that famously
1: started playing his number one receiver as a DB back when he was in Saskatchewan. And from what I've read, and I guess we'll see how things work out, he's signing him to play DB for the Edmonton Elks.
2: Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. They brought back, like, Darius Bowman and Manny Arsenault off the street and Deron Carter. So I I know there were jokes about the Argos going for the 2019 Grey Cup, signing Andrew Harris and Brandon Banks, but the Elks... Uh, turning back the clock with a couple dudes. Where's, where's Milt Stegall's call, tweet for calling out the old heads. Uh, I mean, we're steps away here, steps away.
1: Well, Deron, um Duron will be pumped that weed's legal now in Canada. That's for sure. That'll be, that'll take care of some of the problems that he'd had before when he was north of the border. Um, but in all honesty, it's a, he's a hell of an athlete and um it's just really fascinating that he's back in the game and reuniting with chris jones and you know going to be doing it on the defensive side of the football but the guy's an absolute athlete and absolutely catch and um you know we also didn't he did he have a pick six against bo levi mitchell i think rod peterson completely lost his mind when that happened that was one of the take that bo levi like an epic call from rod back when he was doing rider games before moving on to to his new home so uh Anyways, well, uh, that, that, that's a great story uh, to follow. And uh, we will be talking some more Bombers tomorrow on the program. New Bomber receiver Greg Ellingson will join us uh, early on in the program, probably around one twenty for those of you watching live on YouTube. All right. Um, promised you, Mike McIntyre, we're going to get more into the Jets. Remus and I hit it off the top, but uh, a loss last night that – it was a good thing it was Valentine's Day and there was a lot of lovebirds there, you know, walking out of the building. They would normally maybe be in a far worse mood, but at least they had their sweetheart with them to console them after another incredible disappointment in an early midweek game in a half empty building. Um, that was a tough one to swallow for the Winnipeg Jets. Let's get to it with Mike McIntyre, the Winnipeg Free Press. Mike, what's good? How are you? How did you make up to your wife for working last night on Valentine's okay. Day?
0: Believe it or not, I actually didn't. I didn't see my wife for one second yesterday. She uh, was that I by did, I, design? No, 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 it wasn't. <laughs> uh, I got, I, I, I landed. Uh, I got back late, late Sunday night from Nashville from the road trip. Um, so I slept in a bit yesterday. She was off to work bright and early, and then uh, she ended up getting stuck at work late. And then by the time she got home, I had already left to go cover the Jets game. And then by the time I got home, she was fast asleep. So uh, I guess we'll celebrate Valentine's Day a day late, and in my case, a dollar short. Hus.
1: <laughs> well, as long as she can, as long as she can get out of any potential doghouse that you've dug yourself into. Well,
0: to be perfectly honest, the best gift I could have given her was probably a day away from me. So, <laughs> in that sense, mission accomplished.
1: It was all she wanted for Valentine's Day, Mike um listen let's get to it last night um listen i don't think the jets played a terrible game um but there were just a lot of areas that they just didn't have it and you know credit to mark andre Fleury, he was the best goaltender on the ice he made some big big saves um but in the end it was a common theme mike and you know we've talked about not capitalizing on some opportunities at times that was certainly there last night Um, but man, when things aren't going well for the Winnipeg Jets, they handle the puck sometimes as poorly as possible. And it is just an invitation to end up in the back of your net. And it happened on two occasions last night. And that is the number one reason why we're talking about a very costly regulation loss to a team below them in the standings again.
0: After they just played a whole string of games against teams above them and, and done quite well, uh, which is unfortunately, uh, A bit of a trend around here that we've seen with these Jets in the past. Now, is there a team, Hus, in the NHL that gets more breakaways, two-on-ones, three-on-ones, 2 on on nuns? They had one of those the other day on the road and doesn't come away. In some cases, not only do they not score, sometimes they don't even get a shot on goal. Uh, The Jets seem to, at least by my eyes, lead the league in kind of blown you know, glorious opportunities. And um, that's not a recipe for sustained success. I don't know why that is, if they try and get too cute, if they overthink. Um, But whatever the case, I mean, I guess it's good that they get these chances, and Adam Lowry gets the shorthanded breakaway. Uh, Of course, shorthanded is when some of these chances are coming. It was uh, Kyle Connor and Andrew Kopp that had the shorty 2-on-0 the other day, and they didn't score. Uh, But you're right, those come back to bite and, you know, when those happen early in games, it's like, geez, we've seen this movie before. The Jets are going to rue these lost chances. And, you know, Huss, I was looking at the numbers last night. Like, we we talk a lot about Connor Hellebuck. We talk about the defensive play of this team. And that seemed to be, certainly the defense has been a big focus, I think, coming into the year. And maybe still as we go through the year... Maybe we don't talk enough about this team's inability some nights to get a third goal. Um, the numbers are jarring. The Jets have now had 21 games. That's almost half their season, uh, half the schedule they played where they have scored zero, one or two. So two or less. They have one win in those 21 games when they've scored two or less goals. Uh, and that was last week against Minnesota. That, very rare two nothing victory where two was all it took when the jets score three or more there's something like 19 two and four like it's ridiculous that if they could get to three it's almost a guaranteed win and if they don't get to three it's pretty much a guaranteed loss and you know you look at a night like last night and i just wonder Hus. like it's games like that missed opportunities like that where i think we see what missing a guy like Nikolai Ehlers means to this team, right? There's a guy that provides another layer, another level of offense that they just don't seem to have right now. And if their opponent can keep, you know, a few of their big guns in check and not give the Jets a whole lot of looks on the power play, Winnipeg had just one last night, because that's probably all they really earned. Uh, then it's, it's going to be tough for Winnipeg to, to come out on top.
1: There's no doubt about it. And especially when, and this kind of goes to your original point, Mike, I mean, this team simply needs to be a hell of a lot better with the glorious opportunities that are presented to them. And, you know, I think about the Nashville game, I mean, they're down one, nothing having a terrible start to the game. They're killing a penalty and they get a glorious two on O chance that not only does it end up in the net but it quickly goes back into the other end and ends up behind Connor Hellebuck and it's two nothing. And at that point that felt like, Oh man, we have seen this again. Now to their credit, I thought that the way that they picked themselves up in that game and came back. I mean, at one point I think it was like nine, one in shots, ten-three, and the jets pretty much outshot them two to one for the final 50 minutes of that hockey game and, and really earned a big win. Um, but you know, we saw it last night. I mean, not always will you be able to take advantage of those power plays like they did against Nashville. They right. didn't get any, and I'm with you. I think they didn't play the style of play that Chicago really had to take any penalties against them to prevent what they were doing. Um, and we end up with the result that they had. But you mentioned Adam Lowry, and I mean I'll get your thoughts on Marc-Andre Fleury as to whether that was a penalty or throwing a stick or just a great veteran move. Um, but I mean, Adam Lowry, he plays so much, I mean, a huge role in the club. He has as many goals as Dominic Toninato this year. He's got three on the season. And, um, you know, we've talked a lot about a lack of depth scoring and a lack of the bottom six really chipping in. Um, When you're having that conversation, as much as he's doing a lot of other things and dropping the gloves, sticking up for his teammates, things that you want and you need on your team. um, Man, a a couple, some good bounces or good fortune for Adam Lowry would uh, go a long way, I think, to helping the Winnipeg Jets
0: yeah and he had another really good chance, I think it was in the second or maybe in the third period where him and Christian Reichel both kind of in close and flurry uh, was able to to make the saves. um yeah, I mean like this team they you look at them in the way they're built, and Kevin Chevelletoff talked about it last week at his state of the midseason kind of address about how they're a top heavy team, right and so maybe they don't have the depth the balance, if you will, um, you know, to kind of carry the load on nights when the big guns are being held in check. And that's where you'd hope guys like Evgeny Svechnikov could pop one. Christian Veselinan, who's not even in the lineup right now. He'd been a healthy scratch here as of late. Um, you mentioned Toninato and and Reichel, of course, who's playing right now in the lineup. Um, Andrew Kopp has kind of gone really cold here, Huss, over the last few weeks. And, kind of at the worst possible time, right? And I get that he's his role keeps kind of changing and he's constantly moving around and he's a centerman and then he's a winger and he's a first liner and then he's a third liner. Uh, but this is a guy who was doing a lot of really good things for the Jets early in the year. And man, they could sure use a goal or two right now from Andrew Kopp at a big moment. Um, you know, again, Nikolai Ehlers, he's not coming back tomorrow night and he's not coming back next week either, uh, he's probably still several weeks away by the looks of it. And this team can't just sit around and wait for 27 to reappear uh, and and then kind of really start to get in gear because it's going to be too late by then. And I just wonder, Hus, how, how much of last night is a product of, of an unfortunate reality for the Jets that we're now going to see play out here in the coming weeks. We know that they have a very condensed schedule. The I, I don't think it was a lack of the jets wanting to go out last night and and do the right things they absolutely did i think there's going to be nights though unfortunately where maybe you know the 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 mind is willing but the body isn't and part of that's going to be fatigue because of all the the games that they're playing in a short period of time here and so that's why it's going to be so hard to make up all this ground this get out of this hole they've dug Because there's not a lot of opportunity for resting and recharging and resetting. It's just game after game after game. And they're gonna have to try and find a way, but that is a lot easier said than done.
1: Well, you know what? You're right. And I mean, I think this speaks to a bigger conversation, you know, that involves the lack of real a lot of many offensive contributions from the bottom six. Is that I mean, Kyle Connor's been the guy, uh, you know, scoring all year long. He's got 26. Pierre Luc Dubois has been, you know, as consistent as any player on the team. He's got 20. Mark Shifley's sort of woken up and, you know, he's scored in four straight games. But other than that, I mean, Andrew Kopp's in a real cold spell. Paul Stastny's the other guy in the lineup that has double-digit goals. But essentially right now, if those guys aren't able to score right now, and I know Wheeler had two on the weekend in that big game against Nashville in a five-point game, that's half of his total for the entire season right now. I mean, there's just so much pressure, it seems, on a very small amount of Winnipeg
0: Jets to score.
1: And if that doesn't happen... We're talking about a team that scores two or less and is 116 and four in those games.
0: Right. And then, as you say, throw in Andrew Kopp, who had been a top six guy and hasn't scored much lately. And then, not to pick on, on him at all, because I've liked a lot of what he's doing. But let's not forget Cole Perfetti. He's got one goal and he's playing in the top six. Um, and, you know, you'd like to get a little more of production, if you will, from a top six you know, winger who's getting power play time. But again, Cole Perfetti, he's a rookie. He's 20 years old. He's just getting his feet wet, but he's been thrust into maybe a bit more of a role um because of some of some of the circumstances, specifically Ealers. And before that, you know, Blake Wheeler being out of the lineup and and you know, we they've the jets have had other guys, of course, with COVID that have missed a game or two here and there. Um, you know, and I guess the other part of the equation that maybe we don't talk about which we should is you'd like to get maybe your your blue line some of your offensive guys on the blue line driving some of that offense as well and it doesn't help when again again a game last night Hus Neil Pionk because of federal regulations there's a there's a classic example where being a Canadian team hurt the Winnipeg Jets Neil Pionk would have been in the lineup for the other 25 American teams last night. But because he plays in Canada and that the 10-day rule, uh, even though he played in Nashville and Dallas, he wasn't able to play last night. And Neil Pionk is an offensive defenseman who can help drive, you know, some some offense. And they didn't have him for a game where they probably could have used him, right? So uh, you'd like to, the one goal, look at the one goal the Jets scored last night. It was Nate Schmidt putting a shot on net that ends up, you know, kind of right on Mark Shifley's stick. So if you're not going to necessarily get the, the top six forwards or the secondary scoring, then you need your blue liners to kind of help out. And I go back to the Dustin Bufflin era. That's where a guy like Dustin Bufflin was such a massive asset for this team. He himself could generate all kinds of offense and chaos. I think the Jets have some guys that can do that. Schmidt for sure, Pionk, Josh Morrissey as well. Uh, But they're going to need more of it here as they get into the kind of teeth of their schedule.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I want to go back to what you said about kind of what we saw from the Jets last night, and and I, I talked about this on the beginning of the program, but I'm interested in your perspective on it. It seems like the Jets, like and to their credit, have raised their level of play when they've played against teams that you know are are, are you know some top teams and some teams, especially in their division, that really bring it to them. I mean, the Minnesota game was a heavy game. So was the Dallas game. And Nashville, I mean, is as rough and an undisciplined team as as there is in the league. And they made them play in that. But I think they rose to that level. The Jets never dictate the style of play in a game. And last night, I thought, was the perfect example of that. I mean, Chicago does not want to play the style of hockey that we just saw in the last three games. They were more than happy to just skate like, you know what what, would like they were allowed to last night by the Winnipeg Jets. And you know, I imagine that's gotta be frustrating for Dave Lowry because when you know, your team is capable of doing that and you see the results of the way that you have played, you know, you've got a team that doesn't like to go that way. And yet we saw the style of game that we had last night. Um, I'm not sure whether they're just not capable of, or they're a team that just simply reacts to whoever it's up going on. But um, you know, And this goes back to that question about what is the team's identity? Well, right. it depends who they're playing
0: like. Yeah, and we thought, I mean, kind of three really good games in a row all last week, as you say, where they raised their level of play. We kind of thought maybe they'd found their identity. But the fact is, um, in a game like last night, that it's kind of, I would say, sitting there on a tee. You know, it's there for the taking. And even, you know, okay, the first two periods, not great. But then they get that goal from Mark Shifley. It's a one-one game. Like that's a game that you got to find a way. At the very least, you got to get that into overtime and and at least get something out of it. To get nothing, and what what causes the critical goal? I mean, it's the old cliche: get pucks deep. The Jets don't get a puck deep. I believe it was Andrew Copp, kind of in the neutral zone there. They don't get the puck deep, and you know Alex DeBrinket, kind of the one guy. Well, him and him and, and Patrick Kane. They're really the only two guys that that can produce a whole heck of a lot for the Blackhawks. The Jets kind of gave each of those guys a really good chance last night and it ended up in the back of their net, game, set, match. So, you know, you wonder, is that a maturity thing, right? Is it that this group can't consistently get itself to the level it needs to be? And you'd think that that shouldn't be a case with a team. Again, this is not a bunch of rookies. Yeah, they got some young players. But this is, by and large, the same core that's been here for a number of years. They're the ones that that should be dictating the dictation, if you will, right? And and yet, we, we see it. It's become a mo- much more inconsistent thing. And you're right, Huss. I mean, I hate to keep going back to 2018. It's hard not to. And Marc-Andre Fleury's in the building kind of doing his thing again. Uh, but that Jets team, you know, that went all the way to the Western Conference Final they were a team that imposed their will night in and night out on their opponent. They were the ones that told their opponent how the game was going to, to go for the most part during that season. And and that's something that's really disappeared here in recent years. And as you say, a game like last night kind of perfectly underlines it.
1: Is that something that, I mean, I know we've got a, a, a newer coach. I mean, it's now right. we're approaching on a couple months under Dave Lowry. And I know there's been some significant pauses in that time, but is that something that is on, you know, the coach to instill and start getting? I mean, certainly Paul Maurice talked about that for a long time. And, and if we've gone from Paul Maurice to Dave Lowry and neither coach has been able to get that out of, I mean, does that just indicate that maybe the group that's been assembled doesn't have the, uh, you know, the makeup to be a team right. that decides, hey, you're coming into our barn. This is the way it's going to go tonight.
0: Yeah, it's one of those. It's it's not me, it's you kind of scenarios. And <laughs> you're right. I mean, um, if if you change the the voice behind the bench, and to a degree, the messaging. Although you know, it's hard to say how how much different Dave Lowry's message is. I mean, we certainly hear the message that he projects when he gets in front of the cameras for his daily session, and. Of course, Dave Lowry doesn't say nearly as much as Paul Maurice. That's just not his style. We're not privy to what he's saying behind closed doors or seeing exactly how he's handling players, just as we weren't with Paul Maurice. But there's a much smaller body of work, of course, with Dave Lowry. But assuming that the messaging has changed a little bit, um, if it's not being received again then that does speak to me to those that are supposed to be getting the message as opposed to those that are delivering it. And that's why I think we go back, kind of feels like we go in circles here a bit with this team and a, a nice little run like last week, you know, maybe, maybe gives everybody some false hope around here, but it it gets us back to the point that says if things kind of go the way they're going and the jets miss the playoffs, sort of a full audit if you will of the core and of the direction that this group is going I think is going to be required now some of that is probably going to happen anyways because if you include Andrew Kopp and Paul Stassi as part of the core I suspect they're not here past the trade deadline if the Jets you know are still a ways out of the the playoff picture and so there's going to be some turnover likely anyways whether it stops with them or goes even further remains to be seen but yeah, it's it's a frustrating sign for sure uh, for the organization and no doubt for its fans that this team, you know, they, they take the proverbial one step forward and then they take another step or two back sometimes, it seems.
1: Yeah, you know what? And and, and listen, and I knew coming out of the break that, you know, whenever the Jets lost in regulation, it would be uh, because those losses are devastating to your playoff right. hopes. I mean, those are the facts, folks. Um, you know, the, we'd see a lot of the white flags, and it took a little while to get to this win. And I guarantee you, if the Jets summon up the the mustard to get after it and get another win against Minnesota, and they're three one and one, which is exactly what they need to do in five game segments to get to that number over the course of forty games, right. um, maybe it'll be a different atmosphere around it. But I mean, Paul Adet said this just seems to be a year that is sinking slowly and just not what any Jets fans expected. I would say the team, I mean, top to bottom of the organization, this is not what anyone expected. And, right. you know, if we're gonna do a midseason autopsy on it, we've talked about a number of the, number of the factors on it, and whether it's depth scoring, I mean, not getting enough from the blue line, inconsistencies up front, there's a whole bunch of things go into it. But I will say this, for a team that, I know Blake Wheeler, you know, has said a number of times, this is, you know, a young team, and we've been hearing that forever, um, you know the core has been here for a long time they're the ones that lead the way and you know you just wonder um, you know where this starts and and how you get more out of this team more consistently and you know I think that's the frustration level that led Paul Maurice to wherever he is right now hopefully enjoying a margarita and not tearing his hair out because of what this team's done and now what Dave Lowry has on his hands until at least the end of the season
0: well, you know, I think for all those, and there were those who felt that Paul Maurice was the biggest problem with this Jets team. That that was, I don't want to say consensus, but that was a message that some were delivering, right? And um, I, I think what we've now seen over these last couple months with Paul Maurice out of the picture shows that the issues ran a lot deeper than the guy behind the bench. Um, the Jets under Dave Lowry have a worse winning percentage than they did this season under Paul Maurice and again there's all kinds of reasons for that they've had more players out of the lineup under Dave Lowry than they did under Paul Maurice they had a more consistent lineup when Maurice was here COVID really hit hard kind of after Maurice left Um, you know they've also had some significant injuries now with Dave Lowry here and the scheduling issues which we don't have to kind of beat Beat a dead horse here, but they've been significant for sure. Five weeks between home games, you know, long stretches without playing, and now kind of a a real condensed schedule. All that aside, um, for sure, it it speaks to that there are likely greater issues here than than the one guy that was calling the shots behind the bench. And you know, I think we got a sense of that frustration from Kevin Shevelday off and not just frustration, kind of that bewilderment last last week that. This was not the way this season was supposed to go. Um, You know, he thought that he had addressed some of the holes in this roster. Uh, I think we all kind of thought that coming into the season. And at at a point, I mean, I go back to whenever it was mid-November, the Jets were right there, right? They were challenging for top spot in the Central. And then the bottom fell out with that big losing streak that they've never fully recovered from. They've had kind of fits and spurts where they show that, they're capable of more, but they're not able to get to that level night in and night out. And in this league, in a league where 16 of the 32 teams make the playoffs, the other 16 don't, uh, that's often the difference, right? Consistency. All, every NHL team, even the worst team, has a lot of talent on it. Uh, it's just a matter of being able to to find a way on a consistent basis to to tap into that talent. And the Jets haven't been able to do it for whatever reason. And that's why, you know, this season goes mm. completely south. Um, the Jets, you know, when they come to training camp next fall, could look a whole lot different in a number of ways.
1: You know, Mike, uh, you know, this team, let's go back to the start of the season. Um, they started off 0-2. They then rattled off a string of 13 games where they were 9-1-3. and And since then, I mean, I'm going to take a quick look. I mean, I I don't know whether they've rattled off two wins in a row more than a couple times since then. Um, Put it this way: what what was going well then that's not happening right now? And um, you know, is there a way that we can identify to get back to that? I guess they would. We could probably be making a lot of money running or coaching NHL teams.
0: Right. You know, you look at the teams they played early in the season, and perhaps they were. Benefited a little bit by a bit of a softer schedule, although again, Hus, the way they've played lately, as you point out, they seem to play better against tougher opponents, right? As and and they're letting games that maybe early in the year teams that they should have been beating and they were now they're losing to those teams. Um, so is it that they're is it that they're overly confident they shouldn't be? There's no reason this Jets team should be confident or or cocky. Um, Do they think that, you know, they they can simply kind of do the bare minimum on some nights and that'll be enough? Like, are they cheating themselves a little bit? Maybe. Um, Which, again, I would say that then speaks to an immaturity that just shouldn't be present with a group like this that's that unfortunately has has kind of learned these lessons you'd think the hard way maybe they're not learning these lessons um you know again it's hard to like they've done some good things over the last week last night felt like a setback for sure they can quickly undo that over these next 48 hours if they can revert to the Jets team that we just saw last week if they can come out play really well against Minnesota, get a win and then follow that up 24 hours later against a inferior opponent in Seattle, like two quick wins and you know now they're what four, one and one over since the all-star break if they were to be able to put, then maybe the narrative's different. you know what what we'd be talking about Friday versus here today would change. So it feels like a lot rests on these next two games. I know we keep saying that. You know, oh, this next one's a well, big one. <laughs> it's
1: true, though. It's true, though, Mike. And and I mean, it's part of the, the, the spot that they have found themselves in, you sure. know, coming out of the All-Star break. I mean, when you blow, I was just going through the schedule. I mean, you know, some of the games, the Anaheim game, the Buffalo game, um, the Vancouver games, um, of course, the loss last night to the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, all of those games that good teams are getting points against. Right. I mean, right there, that's 10 points that are off the table. Even if you took half of those, win two of those games, we're having a very different conversation sure. right now, which is sort of crazy. I think that speaks to the way the points are doled out in this hockey league. But, right. I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, there's not just one team that you're chasing. There's a bunch. And every time you miss glorious opportunities to put two in the bank and move on to the next one, um, it just compounds the... Uh, the steepness of that hill as you're coming back and well, let's get to tomorrow night's game because I saw some interesting comments from Jordan Greenway last night after the game. Um, the Minnesota wild are ready to come back to Winnipeg after what happened last week. Felino was going to be back in the lineup. Uh, Greenway, who was of course front and center in that game along with Foligno uh, said that, you know, they better be ready Um, you know, you, you hope, like, I hope the Winnipeg jets are paying attention to that. I hope they're reading those clippings and I hope they realize what they're going to be faced with off the opening face off, not like Saturday, waking up 10 minutes into the game and to their credit, flipping the game around and doing what, you know, we know that this team is capable of, um, tomorrow I think is one of the biggest tests. I mean, if they lose this game, you're talking about a five game stretch that started off well, but ended up. Right back where at yep. 500 and 500 in the NHL, Mike gets you, uh, maybe seventh overall draft pick,
0: right? You're not in the playoffs. Uh, and uh, Minnesota certainly looked like they were getting themselves ready last night when they put up a touchdown against uh, uh the Detroit Red Wings, a- an inferior opponent that they you know beat up on. I know they fell behind early in that game, uh, Minnesota did. Uh, But then they put up seven, and the Jets, of course, struggled to just get the one goal last night. So, And, you know, Winnipeg, yeah, they're going to get a a capacity crowd back tomorrow night, or we expect fairly close to capacity. But you know who else is going to be energized by potentially 15,000 in the building? Oh, that's the Minnesota Wild, who they're going to love the ability to come in here and, you know, try and and crash the party, if you will, especially – after the way last week's game went down and what they felt were some liberties that the jets took with them rightfully or wrongfully, that's their perspective. They felt that, you know, Brendan Dillon especially got away with murder last week. And uh, so it should make for a heck of a tilt and a heck of a test for sure. And um, I know we've said this a few times lately, but I think we're going to learn a bit about these Winnipeg jets you know, not just tomorrow, but then what they do a night later. When compared to tomorrow night, you know, there's no natural rivalry with Seattle. Seattle's pretty much, you know, they're near the bottom of the NHL. So, again, whatever happens tomorrow night, the Jets sure as heck better not then just kind of coast into Thursday Uh, Because we've seen that movie play out before and we kind of know how it ends.
1: Well, and of course, then there's Saturday, the Edmonton Oilers who won a couple in a row, getting the bump from their new head coach. And then a Monday afternoon game against the Calgary Flames, who uh, uh, if you're buying stock right now in teams... Calgary is a, probably a good place to start right now. with The addition of Tyler Toffoli, the job that Daryl Sutter is doing, the goaltending they're getting from Jacob Markstrom, and the fact that they've got arguably the number one league uh, line in the National right. Hockey League right now. Um, but again, we'll focus in on tomorrow's game. How do you see the defense playing? Well, before we get to that, what did you think of Logan Stanley and Billy Hanel in last night's game? If you were comparing them, if you're a coach that's basing decisions based on how the guys did in the last game, regardless of opponent, because I think the opponent, knowing yeah. what we know about Minnesota, might sort of lead the coach to want Logan Stanley in that lineup. But if you watch the game last night and Stanley's return, I thought he was really good, actually. Um, how, how, did, how do you think those two guys fared? And uh, how, did, how would that project for Wednesday?
0: So here's the way I look at it. Again, Neil Pionk's going to be back in the lineup. And assuming everybody else who played last night came out of that game healthy, chances are one of... Hanalo uh, or, or Stanley, one of them's coming out of the lineup for Neil Pionk. And I guess in my eyes, it boils down to probably this, Huss, and I know the Villy fans are not going to like this. Um, special teams, right? Billy was on the power play last night, but that's largely because Neil Pionk was not in the lineup. Pionk will go back on the power play. They've, al- they've also got Nate Schmidt and Josh Morrissey to play minutes on the power play. And the Jets like to use four forwards on one of their groups. So there's probably not a whole lot of power play time right now for Billy Hainala, uh with those other three offensive defensemen in the lineup. Penalty kill, which has been much improved lately by the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I suspect Billy Hanala doesn't kill penalties, Logan Stanley does. And I just wonder if it's going to boil down in Dave Lowry's eyes. As simple as that. Forget about five on five for a minute and who can do what. And I think we would all agree that Billy Hanela brings a lot more offensive potential than Logan Stanley. But I think on issues like physicality, uh, toughness, penalty kill, Logan Stanley would check off those boxes. And we, again, we've seen what's been the identity last week of the Jets that that had some success. They were a tough physical team literally fighting their way kind of to victory some nights, Logan Stanley, I think, can aid in that. And that's why it wouldn't shock me at all if it's Logan Stanley who stays in the lineup tomorrow. And again, part of that is probably who the opponent is as well, given the kind of game that Dave Lowry's expecting. That doesn't mean that the very next night, you know, against Seattle, maybe he goes back to Billy Hanala, right? And you almost create a platoon situation based on who your opponent is. Um, I wouldn't totally rule that out, but uh, I'd expect that Logan Stanley, again, as long as he came through that game <clears throat> feeling fine, he's coming off an injury, he's probably still in the lineup tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I-, I think Logan did a lot to help his cause last night with the way he played in that game. And 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 listen, I, I don't want this to be taken a ro- the wrong way because, I mean, I'm a big fan of Illy Hanela. He's been really exciting, and he's done some things that have that frankly no one else on the Winnipeg Jet defense Corps does with regularity. I mean, he's added some more pop to the offense. I think that if there was an opportunity for him to play regularly on one of the power play units, I think that long-term he could really help. But I mean, I go back to that, that, uh, that first goal, uh, Mike. And I mean, if you go back, like Cole Perfetti was dead tired. Part of the reason for that. And I know normally Vili Hanley, we talk about his ability for zone exits, I mean, there was two aborted attempts earlier that kept them in their own end for a good 45 to 50 seconds. And by the time on the third attempt to get it out, they did do that. Um, then there was a dead Perfetti not getting it deep, turning it over to the Chicago Blackhawks, barely at their own blue line. And boom, it's right back the other way and in the net. And uh, you know certainly in their own end, I mean, I believe Haenel was kind of front and center for both of those goals against last night. Um, that is something that I'm sure the coach will take into, uh, into consideration. He brings so many different things to the jets lineup. And I think certainly big picture, long-term, he's going to be a huge part of this organization going forward. But I had to leave the game last night thinking from Dave Lowry, just looking at tomorrow night's game and knowing who's coming to town. Um, I don't think that that would maybe be the case if it was Seattle and then Minnesota, uh, but I think you put all those things together and uh, I guess I'm just t- telling people, don't be surprised if that is the decision that we hear from uh, Lowry tomorrow morning after the morning skate.
0: Get the free villy hashtag, uh, back up, up and running. Cause, uh, I suspect we're going to, people are going to need it tomorrow night for sure.
1: No doubt about it. Uh, Mike, always a great chat, man. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, going to be an interesting and a very busy week for the Winnipeg Jets. And, uh, you know, much like last week where there was a lot of hockey against tough teams being played over the course of a few days, uh, you know, maybe it was one step back, but a few more steps forward. But uh, it all starts tomorrow, uh, one of the biggest games of the year. And, you know, from a fan perspective, I walked out of the game last week against Minnesota with my friend going, I didn't know what the situation was going to be with tickets and with right. things going on. I mean, that I might even have to make a call and finally make a return to the press box because I do not want to miss that game when Minnesota is in town. Luckily we're back to hundred percent. I got the seats for the game. I won't have to put the suit on, but um this one is big for many many reasons um first and foremost the Jets play but also I think a lot of people looking forward to seeing a a quick rematch after one of the feistiest games we've seen at any point this season
0: what's the over under on the Felino Lowry rubber match I guess uh I'll say within the first five minutes of the game given that Felino need Lowry in the head uh at the end of uh their fight the other day. I suspect we may see one more tilt here to kind of get that out of the way.
1: Well, you know what? I would love it if maybe it wasn't Adam Lowry that had to do it each and every time. And I mean, if guys are going to want to be in, I'll tell you what, Logan Stanley, I mean, listen, I'm Stanley. not a huge, huge promotion of fighting in the game, but you know, sometimes teams get rivalries and you know, it's going to happen. Um, you know, having Adam Lowry being the resident pugilist for this team, uh, you know, every now and then it's going to happen, but uh, I'm not sure that that is uh I mean, I'll listen. I mean, it's not like he's doing a ton offensively right now, but I mean, he's an important player for the team. He plays a lot. And, uh, you know, it would be nice to see maybe a few more other guys step up in that spot. And Polino in particular, I mean, if all he's doing is answering a challenge from Lowry, where they fought twice in the last game, I don't know right. how much that does, but whether it's Dylan, whether it's potentially a Logan Stanley or somebody else stepping up and go at him. I mean, that could be something that maybe gets the juices flowing a little bit more for a team that though didn't have enough juice last night.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Uh we'll see where the roller coaster ride takes us. It does feel like that's been the Jets season lately. And like a roller coaster, sometimes you get an exhilarating ride, and other times, Huss, you want to just throw up, right? And that's kind of the Jets. Season in a nutshell, I suppose.
1: Hey, pal, thanks for doing this. Uh, Looking forward to uh, all your work in the Winnipeg Free Press on a very busy week for the Jets. Take care. Good stuff. There it is, Mike McIntyre, Winnipeg Free Press, with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, Really looking forward to our next chat. But uh, first, a big cheers to our friends over at Little Brown Jug. Celebrated that five-year anniversary as uh, Winnipeg's top local brewery. Um, and you can get the great taste of Little Brown Jug at your local beer store, your Manitoba Liquor Marts, or uh, grab a 1919 the next time you're out at a bar or restaurant here in Winnipeg and Manitoba. And uh, if you do or are able to pop by uh, the brewery and taproom on William Avenue, make sure to uh, try the Double, just a perfect beer for the winter right now. Uh, and also... You might want to think about that winter variety pack with four different of uh, Little Brown Jug favorites available for you. Uh, And again, you can pick them up at William Avenue. You can pick them up at your local beer store. Or if you don't want to leave because you're snowed in and you're sick of shoveling, uh, go to LittleBrownJug.ca. They've got deliveries Wednesdays, Fridays and Saturdays citywide. Uh, You can just simply make all your purchases and they'll deliver it to you over at littlebrownjug.ca. And wow, what a great Valentine's Day at Boston Pizza. They always do so much great stuff in and around um, this day. Uh, All supporting the Children's Hospital of Manitoba and the Children's Heart Center. Heart Shaped Pizzas were a big hit, uh, but you still can donate and do a personalized message on a BP red paper heart with 100% of funds raised donated to the Children's Heart Center and a dollar from every mint chocolate cake sold. Also donated um, to order your pizza or more, 925-4111 in town. And a big shout-out to our friends at Boston Pizza. Uh, We're shooting to raise $125,000 for the Children's Heart Center this year. All right, I'm pumped for this. Our Princess Auto Curling reports are always fun. But even more, when our guy Reed Carruthers is coming on, to talk about another manitoba championship of course princess auto proud sponsors of the jen jones rank will get her plate right now at the olympics as well as team mike McEwen are headed back to the briar and princess auto is also the place where you'll get the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is over at princess auto two locations in winnipeg to pop in Talk to the experts there and get things going. Or you can uh, get the wheels turning and shop 24-7, 365 online at princessauto.com. So let's do it. Back on top of Manitoba, T McEwen. Our guy, Reed Carruthers, joins us now on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk. What's up, dude? Congrats. Hey, thanks very much. Thanks for having me back on. You know what? We uh we spoke um, you know, last week you were out with Carrie Anderson, uh, helping uh the girls win another Briar Championship as Coach Carruthers and uh, then a quick turnaround and back on the ice with Mike and the boys to win another Manitoba championship. Uh what was it like? Pretty hectic week for you.
4: Yeah, I know it was it was actually crazy because the uh the Scotties final was uh the Sunday before um our men's provincial final. So yeah, like, I guess within, within a week, uh, I'd won the nationals with the Scotties with team Einerson, And then obviously uh, with, I was put the princess Hotto uh, bat, hat back on to go and uh, curl with team Mike McEwen. And we had a bit of a journey, we'll say, to say the least uh, to get through the provincials, but we managed to win on Sunday and now we're off to the briar.
1: Fill us in uh fill us in on the path because I mean it is, listen it is Manitoba I mean you had Gunner in there you had a real talented team with Colton lott and um and, and just the level of play in Manitoba there's a lot of teams that aren't household names to casual fans um that you and your teammates know were very very tough outs I mean fill us in on the week overall how it started and uh we obviously know how it ended
4: yeah, well, there's there's a reason why we have so many teams in our provincials because there's a lot of really good ones in Manitoba. Uh, we had 28 teams this year. Normally, there'd be 32. You play like a modified uh, double knockout tournament. Uh, but this year, they, uh, the I guess they call it the uh, the MCA bondspiel, the Curl Manitoba bondspiel, uh, where they get the final four teams that didn't run. So we, we had a bit of a change to the format. It was still... Uh, a big one, 28 teams. But, uh, yeah, we, we, it was a bit of a journey. Like I said, um, Colin's been bad, battling a knee injury. Uh, actually it's more, more, more his quad. Um, so it's been, it's been kind of nagging, uh, and he had gone to seeing a couple, uh, specialists and, and they're thinking he might have some micro tearing and in, in one of his quad bellies. So, um, you know for for us we actually played three-handed for for some of the uh some of the games because he was in too much pain uh but then on uh Saturday Sunday um you know he was an absolute warrior out there and and played for us played through the pain and uh you know after we won he was quite emotional because that was probably one of the toughest things he's had to do
1: Well, you know, and we saw that picture of uh, the whole team coming together. It seemed like a pretty special moment because, uh, I mean, listen, winning's never easy in this province, but uh, you guys did go through a lot as a team. What happened? Fill us in on what happens when a guy's down and you guys play three guys. I mean, uh, how does it work with throwing the stones? I mean, how, how different is that from your normal two each? Well, it's quite a bit different.
4: So so actually, they they don't allow the skip to throw three in that situation. So the other two guys are uh, in charge of three rocks each. So Derek threw, uh, I guess, where Colin normally would be and then threw one of his. So he threw the first three. I threw the next three. But with doing that, like, you only have one sweeper. And, you know, with how much communication is required when you're trying to make like a delicate draw or freeze onto another stone it's really hard to do that when you're just out there on your own sweeping so um we had done it for one bond spiel earlier um like i said this has been a nagging injury for colin so he actually wasn't able to play with us in in our last tournament in december um in banff so we played with three there uh the whole week so to be honest, we, we had a little practice doing that, but it, like, it's, it's, it's night and day how much easier it is when Colin's out there and how much better our team is. So, so we were grinding, as you would say, uh, but we managed to make our way, um, you know, undefeated up until that Saturday uh, one versus two game or one, one game uh, versus team Colton Lot And, you know, that's a very good young team that, some people don't know about quite yet, uh, but they sure will. Uh, that's actually, it's two members of Matt Dunstone's former rink. So they are very talented. Uh, they've won a Canadian junior before. Um, they've got lots of experience, but, you know, they haven't been to the Briar quite yet. But, uh, you know, they keep working the way they are. There's without without a doubt, they'll be there. So we lost to them in the one game. And that made us uh, drop down to uh, almost like the B-side in the Page playoff there. Uh, had to win a semifinal against another good young team and then got the rematch, the rubber match versus uh, Lot in the final.
1: Well, and, and and you know what? I mean, I, I had heard of Colton Lot just from following the mixed uh, because he and uh, I believe it's Kadriana Sahadiak have been yeah. one of the top mixed teams for a long time. And then when we were out, you know, watching uh, you guys and everyone out in Saskatoon at the Olympic trials. Um, when all of a sudden Matty Dunstone needed another guy, you placed the call to Colton and got a chance to see him acquit himself very well. But um, this just speaks to the talent in Manitoba that, you know, a kid like that that are a man like that now, but still very young, Mm. um, you know, with the experience and everything that he's done, not quite a household name, but um, that's exactly the sort of guy that, you know, you have to bring your best in if you want to beat them. And you were able to do it in the match that ultimately decided who would represent Manitoba.
4: Yeah, he's like uh, Colton. Uh, Colton's a heck of a player and I've played against him for a number of years now. And then obviously, yeah, he's been, he's been making a name for himself in the mixed doubles world. I think like they're a top three or four ranked team pretty much every year uh, in the Canadian mixed doubles ranking system. So um, very talented. And uh, yeah, they really made us work for it this weekend. And honestly, I think that was that was part of, you know, why we were so emotional, like with what went, Colin went through and with what they put us through like itself, like that team and how hard they made us work for it. Um, you know, it really, it really was special to be able to actually uh, come out as winner because they're just so talented. Uh,
1: Reid Carruthers with us. Uh, I do want to ask you quickly about the Olympics, but, um, you know, heading out to uh, Lethbridge for the Briar, which begins March 4th, always a goal of uh, every team in Canada to participate. Um, Am I seeing this right? Is, is Gunner's team in as well, Jason Gunlickson as one of the wild cards? Fill us in on, you know, just the field, how it's working. And I imagine it'll be similar to last week when, last year, when I believe you guys were one of the wild card teams.
4: Yeah, we were. So last year, um, their team got appointed. Uh, they were the defending champs, but we didn't get to have our provincials due to COVID. So their team got named as, because uh, they had won the first, um, the last provincial that had ran, um, so, so their team uh, their team was there uh, last year as team Manitoba and we we're wild card and then with us winning this year um, they're high enough in the rankings that they they uh, earned themselves a wild card spot so they'll be one of the three teams that are there um, from across Canada uh, as, a, as a wild card team um, in in the Canadian championship and it kind of looks like from what I'm seeing in the rankings it looks like they're actually going to be in our pool too which will be fun.
1: Yeah. I'm mean, always great to see the Manitoba teams go head to head. I mean, uh, you know, one's going to win, unfortunately one's going to lose, but from your perspective, I mean, I guess the great honor is uh, getting the the brown and gold on wearing that Buffalo again and uh, getting another patch.
4: Oh yeah. It was without a doubt. Um, you know, I, I missed, miss having that uh, opportunity last year, um, you know, and it wasn't safe to run. So it makes sense. And um you know, for us to, to be able to, to wear the Buffalo again, it's, it's just such a huge honor. It's, it's actually like a bit of extra pressure, but I think it's, it's one of those things that our team, you know, relishes that and it's time to go and kick some butt. You know, we've, we've had a bit of a rough goal um, at the briar the last couple of times that I've gone with, uh, with Mike, uh, Mike and the guys, but you know, we had a strong showing at the trials and I I feel like uh, there's no reason why we can't make a deep run into this
1: thing fill us in on what the next couple weeks are like uh, now that you've got your spot you know when it starts you're going to get the draw shortly i mean uh, the fourth of march out in lethbridge i mean uh, uh, what will team q and be up to for the next couple of weeks before it all gets going
4: yeah we're going to be like colin's going to be focusing on and getting his uh his his leg and muscle ready to go as, as best as he can um we're going to be naming a, a fifth player shortly uh, I'm not going to say who it is, but we have asked a person and they've, they have accepted, but we'll be, we'll be doing some sort of uh social media post about who that player is. And they're going to be able to fill in uh, for Colin if he's unable to go. Uh, so like, it's going to be a moving target for us uh, for what our planning is. But um, yeah, it's a local guy. Obviously it has to be someone from Manitoba. And I think this, this person will, will, will help. And you know, he'll be joining us uh, for practice leading up. You know, we got just over two weeks before we head out. And, uh, you know, we're going to be practicing as much as we can and in, in obviously use, using that person uh, in our practices um, as much as we can just so we can get used to, you know, even sweeping the communication, some of the the little things just in case he's actually having to play Um you know, so we'll be doing that. And then I'm also going to be working with, uh, Carrie and the girls because the, uh, the world, uh, women's curling championship in Prince George is actually four, four or five days after the briar's over. So I'm going to be a, be, be a very busy guy.
1: You're just going to throw the princess auto lid into the vehicle and uh, head West right after Lethbridge or, uh, you're going that's, to come back and then get out some, there.
4: Yeah. I, I haven't looked at, at the flight details yet. So yeah, I'm either, I'm either going to be driving or flying, but, uh, yeah, the Princess Auto hat is going to be packed and uh and I'll be uh I'll be excited to uh to obviously to compete, but then also I really enjoyed that experience coaching and I'm really looking forward to working with the girls.
1: Well, absolutely. And uh, you know, who knows? Hopefully another trip to the world uh, world championships for uh for Carrie. I mean uh you know they, they missed their opportunity. Or well, I mean obviously they're going to the world championships after winning the Briar, but uh you know, look just looking to win that thing and the opportunity to win it on home soil. Uh, would be uh, something to be amazing for uh, her and her team and, of course, you being a part of it. Uh, speaking of the big event, I mean, have you had a chance at all to pay attention and follow at all the Olympic curling with how busy you've been?
4: Uh, yeah, to, to a degree. Um, the draw this past week was pretty busy, but, you know, with with Mike and Dawn um, being, uh, you know, Dawn, Dawn being a very close friend and, and wife to Mike, uh, we've been following very close and we've uh, we've had a couple Facetimes with her throughout our provincials, and we've been checking in. Uh, so I have watched some of it, and you know it looks like they're starting to really play well and getting comfortable with the ice and and whatnot. So uh, they got a couple of big games coming up, but I like their chances of making the playoffs. And then from there, it's hard to bet against Team Jones when the pressure's on, isn't it?
1: No doubt about it. Then uh, you know tonight for uh, for fans, we've got a lot of hockey this week. We had a great night to tune into the curling. I imagine this will be on the tube. Um, big game against the United States and this, you know, I mean, at, at this sort of point, I mean, you're almost feeling like you're in the playoffs. I mean, are you not? I mean, this is a game that the the girls have to get.
4: Oh yeah. It's going to have a playoff uh, feeling and environment. I don't think that hurts this team. Um, you know, and I think like the American team is very good and whatnot, but um, yeah, it's just Jen Jones is still curling because she's still so freaking good. So, um i'm excited to watch um and then also uh Brad Brad and the guys like they had a tough loss uh really early i guess our time this morning against Russia and um you know they're going to have a look from looking at like uh not the betting odds but someone was putting on the situational um outcomes or outlook uh for team Gushu to make the playoffs uh, and it does look pretty promising for them to to actually go and do that, um, but yeah, they got a tough game against uh, Scotland, so um, that'll be one of uh, a really true test because that's a team that's you know earned the top two ranking that they have uh, in the world right now um, for a good reason.
1: Reed, listen once again, congratulations to you, Mike, and uh, the guys. Cannot wait to see you represent Manitoba at the briar. We'll catch up maybe just before then or during some time, if you got some time and uh, uh And then of course we'll wish you luck with the carry the girls out at the, uh, at the worlds. it's going to be a, a very busy month wishing you nothing but success. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today, pal. Great stuff. There's Reed Carruthers lost a little bit of a, uh, yeah. our, 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 our thanks. Thanks again, Reed um, got a little sketchy there right at the end, but anyways, a yeah. so great stuff with Reed. Um. Sure. Team McEwen have uh, been, I mean, one of the top teams. Well, certainly the top team in Manitoba the last few years. But uh, now back to the Briar. And, of course, our uh, friends at Princess Auto. Very excited both for Jen and for Mike Reed and the guys. Uh, tonight, 7 p.m. It's going down. Canada and the United States in curling. Definitely need this one for Team Jennifer Jones. Um, hey, I got a text from our friend DQ Nick today. And Nick has been gallivanting in Mexico, uh, enjoying a couple weeks away. And probably if you're in the ice cream biz, this is a good time to get away. Uh, but he did mention to me that uh, big, big news in the burger world, DQ, who already I thought had some of the best burgers in the game, have completely revamped the uh, their burger queue. Eight brand new stack burgers New flavorful patties, new sauces, and new buns. Incredible burgers that now completely set DQ apart from the competition in the burger game. And right now, probably in and around Valentine's Day, the red velvet blizzard is also available. Cream cheese icing, red velvet cake pieces all blended together. Absolutely delicious. You can pick those up at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. And obviously you can pick up your DQ ice cream cakes there as well. Follow them on Insta at DQ Manitoba, DQ Neverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Um, our friends at Canadian Club. Well, we're ready for another big marble race on Friday. Hopefully it'll be a festive, festive Friday show after a couple big wins for the Winnipeg Jets. But uh We'll get to that when we do it. In the meantime, if you're looking for Canadian Club, great sponsor of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk, pop by your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and check out the Canadian Club display. Great sale prices all month long on Canadian Club Original, Canadian Club 100% Rye, and Canadian Club 12-Year Reserved. Pick it up at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and make sure to join us for the Marble Race with some great prizes from Winnipeg Sports Talk and Canadian Club every Friday afternoon at the end of the show if you join us on YouTube. Uh, we will get to the Cool Bet lines in just a minute. Busy night in the National Hockey League, even with the Jets on it and on the ice, but let's get Michael Remus back in here. Um, good stuff with Mike McIntyre and a great chat with Reed. Uh, Always love Reed, one of our favorite guys, and um, man, what a couple weeks for him. Um, coming from Thunder Bay. Winning that uh, Scotties with Kerry Anderson as a coach, and then getting right back on the ice and taking a little bit of the long way, but finally getting it done with Team McEwen. And uh, tell you what, Remo, I'm fired up for the Briar coming up in a few weeks, especially now with a couple Manitoba teams as Jason Gunlicks in as one of the wild cards as well.
2: Oh yeah, I know we got the uh, Olympics happening right now, so we're focused on that. But of course, the Briar—how could you forget? In We'll be cheering for Reed and teammate McEwen repping uh, Princess Auto, so uh, I'm looking forward to that coming up uh, very soon. You know what? Let you know. Let's get into the cool
1: bet lines right now, and let's start with the curling because, as I mentioned, seven o'clock tonight. Canada and the U.S. Um, Canada is a favorite minus one sixty-seven on the money line, uh, plus one thirty uh, if you like Canada win by two. You can get Jen and uh, her team at even money at plus 100 to win by two. Must win game for Canada. They got to get it done tonight. All eyes will be on the Canada-USA matchup tonight in curling. Tomorrow night, it's going to be women's hockey. We'll get to that in just a second. Other matchups tonight, China, Great Britain, Switzerland, Korea, and The Rock versus Sweden all those games get going at 7 o'clock p.m. If you go down, the uh, Swiss are the favorites right now to win the women at plus 155, Sweden at plus 280, Great Britain at 5 to 1, and Canada plus plus seven hundred seven 7 to 1. Um, this might be a good time to buy low in the Jones rink. I'm just saying. I think I probably will be doing that. Uh, so 7 to 1 for Canada. All those odds up at who will bet Canada. Listen, before we get to the NHL, we may as well mention the uh, ice hockey. Uh, Tonight, Canada is on to the uh, quarters after beating China. Uh, They're a bit of a slight underdog against the Swedes. Uh, That game's going to be going early on Thursday morning, 7.30 p.m. our time, Um, plus 125 for Sweden, plus 175 for Canada, and a draw far as the uh, the money line just to win Canada a slight underdog at plus 108 to win, whether they go to overtime or a shootout. other quarterfinal matchups USA minus 143 favorite over Slovakia. these are all three-way uh, results. Uh, Russia a huge favorite minus 303 against the plucky Danes and Finland going up against Switzerland Finland the favorite at minus 167. But the game that we're all waiting for. Uh, In addition to Jets Wild tomorrow night, and thank God, Reem, that Jets Wild is at 6 p.m. because that's going to give people an hour or so to get from the game or do whatever they have to do and then buckle up for one of the great rivalries in all of sports, Canada versus the USA in women's hockey. Uh, And no surprise that Canada is a favorite considering most of the action will be coming from Canada. Uh, But a wild number on this, and Dustin and I talked about this game today on The Lock Shop Canada, and these are in regulation, is minus 154. USA is plus 315. And a draw is plus 350. This was the easiest bet I've made in a long time. The draw in regulation, Reem. I mean, uh, these teams always play to overtime. I'd like a draw parlay with a Mary Philippe Poulin overtime goal because she always seems to score the winner as well. But at plus three fifty, the States had fifty plus shots against Canada in the game earlier on. That Canada won. I think this is going to be incredibly close, close, and I don't expect any different than what we normally get. And those are classic games on the biggest stages from these two teams.
2: Yeah, it seems like someone always takes the uh, what the like round robin game handily, but when they meet in the finals. It's going to overtime, and Mary philippe Poulin. she's done it so many times. Uh, most recently, what, at the Worlds, they had back uh, in the fall. I remember that. Uh, what an incredible game. So, yeah, 10 o'clock tomorrow. I will be tuned in. I'm going to race home uh, from the Jets game, and you're right. The Jets game's at 6, so it should be done uh, before 9 o'clock. You can get home, get your snacks ready, You know, make your popcorn, get your, your DQ. I did have a little DQ last night during the game, actually. But uh, again, uh, this Olympic hockey, big, uh, big 24 hours for Canada Thursday or Wednesday night going to Thursday morning.
1: Yeah. Schickster asking, didn't the U.S. dominate the round robin game? Well, I mean, they didn't dominate it. They lost, but they certainly had more shots in the yeah. game. Now take that for what it's for what cares? it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a round robin game. It already yeah. happened. Um, but this Canadian team is a powerhouse and, uh, that Jenner nurse and Poulin line leading the way for Canada, but uh, it's going to be awesome. Anyways, you can bet at it over at cool bet. Use the promo code WST, uh, for a 100% deposit. If you haven't played there before first deposit, they'll boost it up to $200. If you use the promo code WST. All right, let's get to the NHL tonight because it is a busy evening uh, all sorts of games, ream. uh Buffalo and the Islanders, Tampa, Jersey, Boston Rangers. That's an interesting one. Brad Marchand basically uh, just waiting for his appeal of his suspension. Um, St. Louis, a big favorite in Ottawa. Pittsburgh similarly hosting the struggling Philadelphia Flyers. Um, Nashville's back on home ice. They're taking on the, the um, Capitals after that Comeback win by the Jets on Saturday night. They'll look to get back in the win column. Nashville minus 139 favorite. And the Calgary Flames, a huge minus 312 favorite against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the Dallas Stars back at it. Uh, A lot of Jet fans cheering for the avalanche tonight, I'll tell you that much. Colorado minus 250 at home. And then you've got the Edmonton Oilers. And I did lock shop with Dusty a little later on. By the way, if you haven't seen the lock shop, make sure to check it out. You can check it out on, on our Twitter feeds. Just go through from just before the program. You can see the replay. But do us a favor. Go on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and download Lock Shop for the audio version of that. Um, big win for the Oilers last night. 2-0. And uh, our old nemesis Stewie Skins, Skinner, back in net last night with a shout-out for the Oilers. That never happens.
2: Yeah, they finally got the goaltending. I was expecting Connor uh, you know, McDavid to have... A big game, but it was uh, it was definitely a quiet one. Only a couple goals. Uh I don't know if they had a uh, Evander Kane tribute. Do we, we get a report if they put a tribute <laughs> video? I know that they were asking a couple Sharks players about him, and they were asking Kane. I think they're all just sick of talking about it, and I kind of we've kind of ignored it as well as much as we can. But it was big news, and now it's kind of gone back. But when I mean when he made the return. I mean it's a big deal. And then Edmonton is coming here. If you want to do some pre-scouting uh tonight, they'll be here on the weekend.
1: Yeah, Edmonton, they, uh or I guess the Kings, I believe, a slight favorite in that game. Minus one eleven, but it was minus one thirty-two earlier. Of course, the Oilers playing on the second end of back to backs, which you know how that sometimes uh can uh can skew the odds a little bit, but it certainly is not an easy spot playing in the second end of back-to-back night. So there you have it. A pretty full slate of hockey tonight. And then back at it tomorrow with a game day edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk against the Wild. All I can say, we talked a lot about last night's game. Very disappointing result for the Winnipeg Jets. But if you do want to be an optimist, one thing I think we can see certainly from the last week or so is the toughest opponents and the uh, toughest games have brought the best out of the Winnipeg Jets with those wins over Minnesota and Nashville. They're going to need all that and more when uh, a pissed off wild team comes to town.
2: Yeah, I agree. And if you, you know, just a fan of the game last, you know, last week's game against Minnesota was awesome. It had intense intensity, a playoff feel, a Jets win, So I am looking forward to seeing what happens tonight. As you said, Jordan Greenway uh, saying they're fired up. And Marcus Foligno, what, he'll be back in the lineup terrorizing the Jets. Hopefully he keeps it, uh, you know, within the rules. You don't want to see anyone getting suspended again. But, uh, yes, that's the main event. We've been looking forward to this one well since last week.
1: (laughs) Well, big bounce back game needed for the Winnipeg Jets. A six o'clock game tomorrow. We'll be all over it. We'll talk Jets Mm -hmm. wild and we'll get ready for USA Canada in the women's gold medal game. And we'll talk some bombers with the newest bomber receiver, Greg Ellingson, on his first visit to Winnipeg Mm -hmm. Sports Talk. That's all coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, Big thanks to Connor McLennan, Ice fans. Make sure to check out the start of the program if you joined us a little later for one of the uh, stars of the ice talking about their season so far. Great jets chat with Mike McIntyre and hitting the pebble with Reed Carruthers, another Manitoba championship for team McEwen. And they are off to the briar on March 4th to try to win it for the first time. Um, Once again, thanks to all of our sponsors and thanks to everyone that joined us in chat today, as well as those of you listening on the podcast, Manitoba battery, Royal sports, not auto corp, princess auto, proud sponsors of Jen Jones and team McEwen, little Brown jug, Boston pizza, the Nick and Nikki DQ group, Canadian club, cool bet, Canada, and of course, Culligan water, Vita health, and F apparel folks. Have a great night. Break the shovels out again. We'll see you tomorrow, 1 o'clock, right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great one.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure
1: to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at
0: winnipegsportstalk.com.